0: Hey, welcome home everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. I'm glad you tuned in today. We're gonna to get right back into the word of God. Before we do let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for Jesus who is the word made flesh. Today, as we get into your word, we come boldly before you and boldly before him. We thank you for eyes that see Jesus, ears that hear his voice, the voice of our good shepherd, and hearts that understand more about who Jesus is in us and more about who we are in him. We thank you for this. We thank you for the change that can take place in our lives today because your word is given entrance. We worship you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to get back into the word with you uh, again today. And uh, something that's going to carry us on for probably the next several weeks of broadcast is something we started uh, some time ago. And if you've missed anything leading up to this, it's important that you go back and get caught up with this. And you can do that very easily. Just go to the app store on your phone, on your tablet, any smart device, and you can download the Legacy Studios app. And from that app, you can watch any past issue of the Legacy Television broadcast, get caught up with us in this because we've been getting into some of what I believe are probably some of the more important things that we really could find out when it comes to our walk with the Lord, living and walking by faith. You know, we're born, you and I have been born again uh, into a new family. If you're born again, and if Jesus is the Lord of your life, then you have been born into a new family. That's why the scripture says that God sets the solid solitary in a family. He's not big on anybody being alone, living alone, acting alone. And it's not just because, it's not just because of the lonely feelings that go with that. And he's real sweet and wants you to have good feelings about family and all that and all that's fine. But it's because in a family, there are things you are getting from others. And there are things that you should be giving to others. That's what it is to be in a family. We've been born into a family. But at the same time, there are many in this family, the family of faith, the household of faith. And oftentimes you hear them saying things like, it's not working. I've heard all these messages on the word of God and the power of the word or or what it is to live and walk by faith or even speak by faith. And for some reason, it's just not working. And people, many people are frustrated thinking that the word's not working in their lives. And they want an answer to this question. And we started several weeks ago by asking this question and letting Jesus answer the question from the word. But you gotta realize right away that religion has tried to answer this and well-meaning people that just don't have the answers have tried to answer it by saying, well, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Other people have said, well, it works for some and not for others. But if you have believed that, then don't believe it anymore. It's a lie. It's not the truth. Jesus wants you to know the answer. He wants, number one, the word to work in your life the way it was designed to work. And when he told this parable that we've been looking at for weeks now, in uh, Matthew chapter 13, he talked about the sower that went out to sow. And we won't take time to go back over all of it. Like I said, you can catch back up with this if you want to, but he talked about that seed being sown a total of four different times. And the first three times it got sown, it failed to work. It got sown on wayside, it got sown on stony ground, it got sown among thorns. And all three of those times it failed to produce anything. Now, if you were to stop right there, your first thought might be, there's something wrong with this seed take this back to the store, get me some new seed. There's something wrong with it. But he didn't stop there. He said that some seed fell on the good ground and it produced a harvest, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. So what that says to us is the moment that seed actually works, you know there's nothing wrong with it. So if there's something that's not working, it's not, the problem's not with the seed, you gotta go back to the ground that it got sown on and find out is there something wrong in the ground that the seed got sown on. So we've been looking at these different kinds of ground and of course it all starts with having eyes that see Jesus. That's really what this parable is all about. He said, blessed are your eyes for you see, your ears for you hear. What he was talking about was eyes that see him, ears that hear him and not just see a preacher and hear a message, but you see the son of God, and you hear the word himself. That's when the word can begin to go to work in your life. So if you're asking the question, why isn't it working? My first thought to you would be to tell you to go back and say, fix your eyes on Jesus. You can hear it in somebody's voice when they're saying it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. You can tell they're looking at the problem. They're saying the problem is still here. Here's the problem. I can see the problem. The sickness is still there. The symptoms are still there. The lack is still there. And you can tell just in that one question they're asking, why isn't it working? Or that statement, it's not working. You can tell what their eyes are on. But if you'll take time to go back and get your eyes on Jesus, and even if you don't know the particular answer to your problem, even when you don't know what to do, if you'll have faith in God, you'll know what to do. That's what having faith in God means. It means knowing what to do, even when you don't know what to do. Having eyes that see Jesus is knowing what to do, even when you don't know what to do. And if you don't know the answer to the problem, you go back to what you do know. And if all you know is, bless God, you are born again. You are a child of God. You are his and he is yours. You've got enough right there to celebrate and get happy about, amen. I wanna go on in this. Jesus said and explained to them why the seed wasn't working when it was planted in verse 19 of Matthew 13, verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, Then the wicked one comes and snatches away the seed that was sown in his heart. This is he who received the word by the wayside. And we talked a lot about that last week, that wayside being that hard packed ground where the seed fell, but it couldn't penetrate. It couldn't sink in. The same thing is true with us when we hear the word of God, but there's a hardness towards it. Just like that ground was hard, you know, your heart can be hard. And Jesus even said it in the verses that preceded this, talking about people that heard him without hearing him. He said, they are hard of hearing. If a heart is hard, it's just like hard ground that seed gets sown on and it can't sink in. Your ears can be hard of hearing. You sit in a service, you hear somebody preach, but if you, you can hear it without hearing it. If, it, if it. if your heart's not tender towards it, It won't sink in and it won't do for you what it's able and willing to do. He said, this is the one who hears it and doesn't understand it. Satan comes immediately to steal the word. And we talked about on last week's broadcast how understanding it really means to value it. If you understand something, you understand the value that's inherent in it. And when you understand the word of God, you understand even if you don't mentally grasp all of it, even if your brain is kind of fuzzy and foggy and you're like, what did I just read? If you're, if, if you will approach this as gold and not garbage, as something to be valued and not something to be treat, treated lightly, as something that is weighty and important, if you'll approach it with that then the word of God will begin to come alive to you and it will work in your life, but you have to value it. That's why we looked in Mark chapter six and when Jesus went to his own hometown and there was no value for him there. He said, a prophet's not without honor or value except in his own home country. And there he could do no mighty works. Didn't say he was mad at them. Didn't say God was angry at these people for not receiving his son. It said he couldn't do it. The Word couldn't do what the Word came to do because it wasn't honored there. And the same thing is true in my life and the same thing is true in yours, man. If you hear the Word and don't value it, don't receive it as the precious Word of God, then it can't do for you what it wants to do. And that's why Satan comes immediately to steal the word. Just like Jesus said, those birds came and devoured the seed right off the ground because it was just sitting out there on top. Satan comes immediately to steal the word from somebody who doesn't know the preciousness of the word that's been given to them. You know, when you have valuable things, gold, silver, precious treasures, whatever, you know, you keep them in a safe place, don't you? What happens to expensive things that get left on the front yard, front front lawn? They're gone in the morning. They're gone, people steal them. They walk away with them. Why? Because you left something valuable unprotected. Let me show you this in another place in scripture. Go over to the book of Luke with me. Luke chapter 10. You're gonna see the same thing at play here. Luke chapter 10. In verse 38, it says now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. I want you to see what she's doing. She's giving attention, she's honoring. She is quite literally honoring Jesus by putting herself lower, sitting at his feet and putting her attention on the word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. There are other translations that really bring this out and paint an even clearer picture that talk about how Martha came in, bursting in upon Jesus. So get the picture. I mean, Jesus is sitting there kind of like this and he's preaching the word kind of like this to a room full of people and Mary is at his feet and she is attentive. She is honoring the word. And Martha is number one, distracted, the Bible said, by serving. What does it mean to be distracted? It means even if it's just for a moment, you thought something else was more important than what you should have been paying attention to. That's what a distraction is. It's something that pulls away your attention. You know when you drive, there's nothing more important than the road in front of you. There's nothing more that's worthy of your attention than you paying attention to the road. But how many different things distract people? How many different accidents are caused because somebody got distracted by this or by that or by this little thing right here? They felt like that little buzz on the phone was more important than the car they were driving. And for a split second, they got distracted by it. And sometimes it has no effect. And sometimes it can have a drastic effect on the rest of your life. The ability to go through life focused on what's actually important is very precious and it's very rare and it's extremely valuable. Martha was distracted. This is a good job she's done here. Jesus, come into my house, let me feed you, let me feed the guys, come on in. But all this serving, all the preparing of the food, all the other stuff, she let for a moment become more important to her than sitting and hearing the word. And there's one translation, I believe it's the Weiss translation that says, she bursting in upon Jesus, assumed a stance over him and said to him, Lord, you don't care Why don't you care that you've left me to do all this? She's left me to do all this. You need to tell her, my sister, to help me. So can you see the difference in the positions that Martha and Mary have taken? One has taken a stance over Jesus and one has taken a stance at his feet. One of these is an honoring position. One of these is a dishonoring position. And Jesus responded to her and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. He said, that one thing, Mary has chosen that good part and it will not be taken from her. Honoring the word, valuing the word will keep Satan from stealing the word. Satan can't steal the word that you value. He can't steal something from you when you have valued it and honored it and you choose to protect it. You could be sitting right now where you're at, listening to this broadcast. You might be sitting there with symptoms of sickness or disease in your body. And here I am telling you that the word of God says that by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. And if you were healed, you are healed. That's the word of God, man. That is the word of God to you. That's the word of God for you. And if you're sitting there going, okay, yeah, heard that before. When's this guy going to be done? There's no value for that. And Satan comes immediately and steals that word. So look at again in verse 42, Luke chapter 10, Jesus said, one thing is needed. There is one thing that's worthy of your focus There's one thing that's worthy of your attention, especially when the pressure's on, man. Especially when you are feeling it from every side and you got problems or you got questions. You have got to find the one thing, the one thing that's worthy of your time, the one thing that's worthy of your attention and put your eyes and your ears on the one thing. Satan is a master of distraction. He wants you running everywhere, putting out fires over here, dealing with this issue over there, constantly thinking about something else, constantly talking about something else, because if he can pull you away from the one thing and get your mind on a bunch of different things, then he knows you're not valuing the key. You're not valuing the answer. And even when you're sitting there, like we said, where the word is being preached, on a broadcast like this, or you're in a church service, or you're listening to the Word, and it's being preached, and somebody's got a Word from God for you, if your mind is elsewhere and on this other stuff, and you can't, you can't even just for a minute bring it in and focus in on the one thing that's needful, He can come immediately and steal the Word from you. But you don't have to let Him do that. The same way you don't have to leave all your nice stuff sitting outside overnight. You don't have to let him distract you with a bunch of stuff. What do you do with that? You bring it in, you protect it. What do you do with the word? You bring it in, you get it into your heart, you let it sink in, you value it, you give it honor. And God said this, this is so powerful. He said, those who honor me, I will honor. That's huge. I don't know if you know what it's like to have been honored by God. Yeah, maybe somebody has called you out or stood you up and said, hey, good job. We just all wanna acknowledge you and honor you for the great job that you've done. And that's wonderful. It's great to be honored by your peers. It's great to be honored by the people you work for, the people you work with. It is another thing entirely to be honored by God. He honors us with his presence. He honors us with his grace. He has honored us with Jesus. He has given us the greatest gift that, that the world, that humanity has ever been given. And all he's waiting on somebody to do is value the gift that he's, that he's given to us. So when you put value on the word of God, you put your attention, your time, and your focus on it then he can do in your life. He can honor you with the healing power that he wants to. He can honor you with provision. He can honor you with direction. He can honor honor you with whatever it is you need, with whatever it is you desire. I think it'd be good right now for you to just lift your hands wherever you are and say, Father, I honor you, I honor you, I honor you. Jesus, I honor you, I worship you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your direction in my life and make the commitment right now that you are going to give attention where attention belongs i want to wrap this up today by telling you a quick story. Late uh, late last year, coming into this year, our family just had a couple of things take place. Some stuff happened with the kids, just, just little annoyances, sickness in their body and stuff like that. It was kind of getting old. And then one night, uh, we hadn't paid much attention to it, really, not really attacked it with the word like we know we're supposed to. And one night, uh, shortly before Christmas, Jessie, our little girl, came down with something really don't even know what it was. Doctors told us later, I'm not sure I could pronounce it right anyway, but basically she couldn't breathe really well. She was having a hard time breathing. It was very labored. And uh, man, that night I was praying over her and I was doing everything I knew to do and it wasn't working. You know, we're talking about trying to figure out why it's not working and it wasn't working. And I could feel that there was no power in it. Well, the Lord was merciful. You know, she, she made it through the night and it was good. We made it to the doctor the next day and, and got it fixed. It, it, it wasn't a huge thing. It, you know, it tries to, it tries to be big, especially to a parent. But I drove away from the doctor's office that day knowing that something wasn't right. And the short version of the story basically is this. The Lord just spoke to me and said, Jeremy, you're trying to bear fruit in your life without abiding in me. And what he was telling me, And what he had been telling me for months was to come back to the Word. Turn the TV off, come back to the Word. Shut down the distractions, come back to the Word. And we did, man, we shut it down, we shut it off, and we put value back on the Word of God. Because neither you or I have time in our lives to be messing around with prayers that don't work, with faith that's ineffective. We can't be powerless. My children need their daddy to be so full of the power of God with words that work and faith that works. And I can't be left sitting there going, why isn't this working? It works when I value His Word and I give it first word, last word, and every word in between. That's what we're called to do. That's the value we're supposed to put on the Word of God. So make the decision today, His Word, it's not garbage to you. It's gold. God's Word is greater than gold. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this, and if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more.